Welcome to the Modern Real Estate Investor Podcast, where we interview the biggest and most successful real estate entrepreneurs, investors, and capital raisers in the world to provide you with the tool sets, the mindsets, and the skill sets to help you conquer yourself, your life, your marriage, and use real estate as your wealth creation vehicle so that you can live a more successful, happy, and fulfilled life of growth and contribution. If what you're after is having it all, if what you desire is becoming the best version you can be across all areas, mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, sentimentally, and financially, you've come to the right place. We will bring to you the best of the best real estate entrepreneurs who will give you the insights, knowledge, experience, and skills so that you can go out and crush it financially and across all areas of your life. Grab pencil and paper, sit back, enjoy, and you are welcome to the Modern Real Estate Investor Podcast. All right, so hello, Modern Kings and Queens. Welcome to another episode of the Modern Real Estate Investor Podcast, where we interview the best real estate investors, entrepreneurs, capital racers in the world to give you and provide you with the, with the tool sets, minds, and skill sets for you to conquer yourself, your life, your marriage, and use real estate as a wealth creation vehicle so that you can live in more, a more successful, happy, and fulfilled life of growth and contribution. I'm super excited today because I have an incredible modern king with me. His name is Greg. He's a real estate developing expert. He has done a ton of real estate development. Before I introduce him to you, though, I just want to give all of you, I just want to ask all of you for a favor. I want to ask you that please, if you get some value out of this interview, if you get some type of insight, maybe you're learning a new skill, maybe you get some inspiration and motivation to go out and keep on making some progress towards your goals, please share this episode with someone you know, this might impact, with someone you know might be interested in real estate, share it with some friends, share it on your social media, on your Facebook, on your wall, on your stories, share it. Help us spread our message and help other people. And to all of you who do share this interview, from the bottom of my heart, I say thank you. And today I have Greg Dickerson. And uh, Greg is a serial entrepreneur, real estate developer, coach, and mentor. He's bought, developed, and sold over $250 million in real estate. He's built, renovated hundreds of custom homes and commercial buildings, uh, developed residential and mixed use subdivision, and started 12 different companies from the ground up. He's a serial entrepreneur. And Greg currently coaches and mentors some of the top real estate, um, real estate entrepreneurs, real estate investors, and real estate developers from around the world to help them start, grow, and scale their businesses, raise more capital, and do bigger deals. Greg's clients currently manage have have over two billion dollars of assets under manage and deals and processes. And um, I'm super excited to have you, Greg. Thank you very much for being here, man. And you're welcome to the show. Hey, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks, man. So the first thing that I do with my guests, Greg, is uh, I ask them to walk us through their real estate investing journey in 75 seconds or less. All right. So you want me to go? Yeah. Go <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I'm a classic serial entrepreneur, natural born entrepreneur, started out, you know, nine, 10 years old. I learned very young. My dad said, if you want something, you need to go figure out how to pay for it. I'm not going to give you the money. So I would knock on your door. I'm Greg. I live down the street. I'll cut your grass, rake your yard, wash your car, walk your dog, whatever it takes. I need to make some money. So that's how I learned entrepreneurship. Uh, I did not go to college. I went in the Navy right out of high school. After I got out of the Navy, I worked in restaurants and um, I did construction on the side. I was working in a restaurant. A guy was building an addition. He hired me to clean up after him. So I'm a hard worker. I'm a fast learner. And uh, he liked me. So he had me follow him around from that point. So I learned construction working from him, uh, working for him while I was doing restaurants at night. And um, 
fast forward to 1997, I moved to the Outer Banks of North Carolina, a little island off the coast of North Carolina where the Wright brothers took off, where flight originated. And I uh, started a little remodeling handyman company in 1997. Seven years later, it was a $30 million building company. I was one of the largest builders and developers in the area. And I started and scaled 12 other companies along the way, mostly service-based companies, you know, uh, ancillary to the construction and real estate industry. And I reinvested all the profits into real estate and kind of scaled that. And that's where the 250 million came from. It was all me, my own money, going to the bank by myself, no investors, none of that. I did hundreds Damn. of millions with investors aside from that, but that was just me, my own capital, signing on the dotted line at the banks. Started out with a lot flip, then I started building spec houses, then I started doing commercial buildings, multifamily, uh, land development, mixed use subdivisions, all that. So my goal and my purpose in life was to build businesses, to generate cash flow, to invest in other assets so that I could fund all of my ministry efforts and my uh, philanthropic efforts and things like that. So that's me in a nutshell. Damn, that's a lot. Um, that's a lot, okay. So, so yeah, you- Yeah, and so started when, with nothing. Didn't go to college, right out of high school. I, I know. No, money, no backers, nobody in my family were entrepreneurs. I learned it all uh, the hard way through self-education, through trial and error, and developing myself as a leader, delegator, motivator you know, believing in myself, believing God created me for a purpose and taking action on everything that I learned. So that's that's how I did it. Leader, delegator, motivator. So if you don't mind me asking, Greg, I might be a little bit inappropriate. I don't know why I feel like it's inappropriate, but how old are you? Uh, I'm 55. 55? Extremely young. How do you so feel? I started you my feel? journey in 1997. I think my entrepreneurial journey, I think I was 29 or 30 years old when I started my first real full-time company. I stepped out of you know, any kind of a W-2 environment, you know, I worked, had some regular jobs here and there, was in the Navy. After the Navy, I worked in restaurants, uh, did, always did construction on the side. I moved to the Outer Banks to open a restaurant. I worked in the restaurant industry the first year there, but it was in 1997 when I decided I was going to go self-employed 100% all the way, and I've never looked back since. So that was 30 years old. So by 37, you know, it was lights out for me. I'd achieved pretty much everything I wanted to from my initial goal standpoint, from a financial independence standpoint. Mm -hmm. And then from that point on, it was just, you know, fulfilling my God given purpose on this planet and just, you know, doing deals and helping other people. And, you know, now at 55, you know, I'm teaching other people how to do what I did and, you know, passing along the wisdom and the knowledge and the skills that I've learned over the years, doing everything uh, that I did and all the different businesses, all the different companies, I'm a co-founder in a tech startup right now. I do real estate deals and I'm coaching people all around the world. Yeah, you know, I've got clients in UAE, I've got clients in Canada, Australia, and all over the country doing all kinds of different things. Real estate investing and development, helping them raise capital to buy big buildings and do multifamily, helping people that have building companies, helping people get into development and helping people scale their, you know, uh, businesses that are non-real estate related. So, you know, that's kind of me in a cool. nutshell. Yeah. So um, you know, talking about Talking about helping others do the same, you know, do everything that you've been able to do for the past, I don't know, like 20 plus years. Um, talking about that, I, you know, I went to your website. You have a bunch of literally a bunch, like maybe like five or six or seven, like less than $100 courses, right? Like real estate investing coaches, multifamily investing uh, courses, uh, raising. Can, can, can you talk to me a little bit about that? And like, why are they priced so that anyone can literally buy it? That's the reason. So anyone can buy it because I didn't have those resources when I was coming up. There were books and things like that. And these are basically audio video versions of a book. If I were to sit down and write a book, that's what this is. 
So, you know, you can download an app. You, it's, it's all the information there, but it's everything I know, everything I learned along the way, doing everything that I did that I poured into those courses and I keep updating them, adding to them. And, you know, it's also full of thousands of dollars worth of resources that I paid legal documents. I paid attorneys to create uh, spreadsheets that I paid, uh, you know, people, employees, uh, consultants to create things like that. Uh, so yeah, they're extremely valuable. I mean, I could easily sell them for thousands of dollars, but you know, I want to be able to give people what I had, you know, give them the experience that I learned and make it accessible. Uh, so I keep the prices of those low. And then, you know, of course the coaching's a different story. You know, that's, that's a different level and a for different sure. engagement. That's not cheap, but you know, the courses, you know, I created that for, you know, for impact so that everybody could have at their fingertips, everything that I know, everything I learned right there in their phone that they could just look it up. You know, and it's just like you were asking me a question right there. It's it's all right in those courses. So that's the reason I want to impact this world. I want to help other people. You know, my life has been I've been extremely blessed through my entrepreneurial journey, and I've been able to give back and bless others through that. Uh, not only financially, just you know, giving, but also by teaching and mentoring and helping and coaching. And I tell you, people will go through these courses. I get messages every day that my little ninety-five dollar course is changing people's lives that they completely transform their lives, their families' lives for generations just by going through the course. I mean, it's it's really amazing. It is, like it's $95. Um, anyone could, 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 you know, come up with $95 to invest in one of those, you know, one of, one of those types of, of courses. So where can we find out one of those courses? Like, uh, you know, we have your website, but would you mind giving it to us? Yeah, yeah, it's all on the website, gregdickerson.com. That's the easiest thing to remember, gregdickerson.com. All my stuff's there, courses and coaching and all that stuff. But uh, yeah, they're they're good stuff. And if you take action on what's in there, you can change your life with them. Mm -hmm. So um, one thing, a quote that I that I read when I went to your website is, um, one connection is all it takes, right? And I have this belief that um, we're literally one connection away from anything that we want. We want and it's because of my my own life, right? Um, like there's nothing that you could ever want to be or do or have that. So there's someone out there that doesn't already like is that type of person or does the type of thing or has a type of life. And the fastest way for you to get there is to connect with those types of people. Like I, that's what I, you know, what I found in my life um, that you're one connection away from changing your entire life completely. That's what happened to me. So, um, and I read that in your, on your website and it, you know, really resonated with me. So can you talk to me a little bit about, um, you know, where that comes from when, where the one connection is all it takes comes from like relationships, maybe networking, has that been impactful in your life? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's it's 100% of the game. It's, you know, it's who you know, who knows you, and then what you do about it. So you can have all the greatest connections in the world and surround yourself with the most successful, knowledgeable, wealthy people in the world. But if you don't do anything with that information, and more importantly, apply that information to the right thing at the right time, then it's worthless. So it's not just knowing the right people. The other thing on my website is one idea. So one idea can completely change your life as well as one connection. And a lot of times you can have that idea, but no connections, and it still it doesn't do you any good. So when you put the ideas and the connections together, that's when greatness happens. That's when world-changing greatness happens. That's how worlds are changed. That's how lives are changed. That's how businesses are changed, is through that. For me personally, those connections have come through a lot of different ways. They've come through stuff like this, you know, video, audio, movies, books, you know, human connections, relationships, you know, things like that. I learned the, in the business when I first started out, I didn't know how to build houses. I didn't know how to do anything. I was a little remodeling handyman contractor. And I started, I was working for some investors that were buying big multi-million dollar beach houses. They were hiring mm -hmm. me 
to do additions to them, like close in the ground floor of them, put a pool in, and you know they would generate extra rental income. Then they would flip the properties and they'd make a couple hundred thousand dollars. I had no idea how to do that. So I started working for those guys and I started asking the right questions and good questions. And that was the first connections. Hello, Martin Kings and Queens. I'm sorry for the interruption. I know you're enjoying the episode, but I have something super important that you must listen to. If you've been following this podcast for a while now, it's because of one of two reasons. Number one, you aspire to have it all, to unlock your potential across all areas of your life and achieve true freedom, physically, emotionally, spiritually, sentimentally, and of course, financially. And or number two, you're a real estate investor or an aspiring real estate investor who has chosen to use real estate as your wealth creation vehicle to achieve financial freedom. My mission as part of the Modern Kings and Queens movement is to help as many people as I can achieve financial freedom using the vehicle of real estate. And I believe that networking can be an incredibly powerful tool to help you unlock your potential across all areas, but more importantly, financially, and more specifically in real estate. I believe that in real estate, your net worth is your network. This is why I created the four-step capital raising networking system to help real estate investors propel their growth by using a reliable system that will consistently help them connect with their ideal investors, build trust, add value, get their investors to promote them and put them in front of more investors and raise more capital faster and in a much more effortless way so that they can become successful, not only financially, but across all areas of their life. If this is something that you want, and this is something that you're interested in, click the link below to gain access to a training that will explain the four steps to building a high leverage network that you can use to raise millions of dollars in capital, propel your growth in real estate, and achieve financial freedom in a much more effortless way so that you can have more time and energy to pour into every single other area of your life so that you can become successful, not only financially, but across all areas of your life. In this training, you will learn four things. Number one, aligned connections. I'll show you how to network effectively and how to make sure that your networking efforts work by leveraging a secret little known concept called the cloak track. Number two, networking tool. I'm gonna reveal to you a secret networking tool that the top 5% of successful real estate investors use to become successful. And I'm gonna show you how you can use it too to become successful and get out of that 95% of real estate investors that don't really make it. Three, high status communication. In order for someone to invest in you, they have to feel like they know you, like you, and trust you. A lot of people can communicate, but very few can connect. High status communication will allow you to build trust and add value in a way that will make people feel like they know you, like you, and trust you for years in a time span of 30 minutes. And lastly, the fourth thing is the attention multiplication machine. The world doesn't run on OYO anymore. It runs on attention. And this last thing, the attention multiplication machine, will show you how to get wealthy investors to promote you and put you in front of more wealthy investors so that you can raise more capital faster in a much more effortless way. So if this is something that interests you, click the link below to go watch the training. Make sure you stay all the way to the end. If you, if you find value and you want to book a call to talk about how you can get this completely off-hand system, completely done-for-you system, implemented for you in the next five days. So click the link below. I'll see you on the other side. And I hope you enjoyed the rest of your episode. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. That I made that taught me how to do the same thing. They said, hey, if you want to do this, here's what you got to do. 
So I learned from them. So I took the information, I applied it to the right thing at the right time. When I did my first lot flip, I didn't know how to do that. I didn't even know that was a thing. I had a friend of mine who was a realtor, came to me with the opportunity, that one connection, launched my career in terms of land development and opening and turning on the light bulb of what you could do with land. He said, hey, we can buy this lot over here for 100,000. My dad's got a client that'll pay 150 or 130. You put up the money, I'll do everything else. We'll split the profits. I'm like, you can do that? He said, yeah. I said, okay. So uh, we did it 30 days later. You know, we split $15,000, you know, and I had 100 grand laying around in and out. That one relationship, that one connection. So what I do after that, I started tying up all the land I could get my hands on as a builder. And what I, what I learned from that interaction was uh, people wanted that land and they wanted the houses and I was a builder. So I said, I tied up all the land I could in the best developments in my area. And if somebody wanted to, uh, to have a house on that lot, they had to buy the lot from me. So I made a profit on it. And then they had to build the house with me. So I made a profit on that. <laughs> so that one little connection. Now, here's the other thing. I know, you're, I know you have a faith and you're a Christian and I've, and I've heard you talk about it. So the individual, the realtor that brought me that deal, we did another deal together at an oceanfront hotel. I used to tear down oceanfront hotels and build big beach houses on the ocean down in North Carolina. So um, I had this deal under contract and I told him about it. And he was a realtor and he was struggling financially. They were about to lose everything. He had a flower shop and it was going out of business. And um, so I told him about this deal and he had a client, very wealthy client that came down and bought all of those lots from me and uh, built all those houses with me. So that was my first big project that launched me into the multi-million dollar oceanfront property development business. That was my first, I didn't even know what I was doing. Tied this hotel up, I know it was $3 million or something. I flipped it for four, I can't remember. But um, that was my first big deal. But for him, that commission from that deal changed his life. He was able to pay off all his debts, get rid of that flower shop, launched his career in real estate. He got this guy as a client. He brought another guy in who uh, became another top client. And I did probably 20 or $30 million worth of deals with those guys alone. And he was the realtor on all those deals and made probably half a million dollars in a year just doing all of our deals together, just because of those relationships and those connections. Now, here's the interesting thing. So these three houses that I built where this hotel was, I later found out after I relocated from that area and met another group, big Christian organization, largest uh, college Christian organization, you know, on campus called Chi Alpha, it turns out that they held their retreats in those three houses every single year. I didn't even know that, had no idea. So, and people were getting saved and baptized and ministry, all kinds of stuff going on from those three houses. They were big houses. They were 12 bedroom houses. So you could, you could bring in each 12 bedroom house, I think um, something like 30 people, 34 people could sleep in those houses, 36 people maybe. So they would bring like a hundred people into those houses every year and have these huge outreach events and retreats. And I had no idea any of that was going on. So one, one, and, and the way that hotel came about was a whole nother random connection too, you know, that yeah. it, it kind of landed in my lap. So, you know, connections are everything. And everything is connected, right? Like one little thing could lead to dozens or even hundreds of other little things and you don't even know, right? And so you don't even know about the impact. From, <laughs> so the way the hotel came about, I just remembered. So. I was going to build my first house and I wanted to buy this lot. So I bought a lot and there was a lot between me and the house next door. And, and uh, I told my wife, I said, you go pick the plan. I bought the lot. She came back with a bigger plan than the lot would support. So I went to my neighbor. I said, hey, I need a little bit more land. Would you sell me this lot next door? And he said, well, I'll sell you half of it. We'll split it. You get this. I get that. We have a nice little buffer. I said, OK. And uh, he goes, you know, and he owned a bunch of uh, Dairy Queens down there and he owned a bunch of hotels. 
And he said, hey, by the way, I've got this hotel under contract. Me and my partner were going to do it. We decided not to. Do you want the deal? I said, sure. He said, well, here, take my attorney a check for 25 grand. Contract's yours. Deal's yours. You, you buy it. You develop it. We don't want to mess with it. And he mm -hmm. said, you know, we were going to build eight bedroom houses, but, you know, there was a big problem with big houses down there. And he said, don't try to do bigger. You know, long story short, I ended up getting three 12 bedroom houses instead of eight bedroom houses. I made the property worth twice as much as it ever would just because of that one connection from that one lot that I was going to buy to build my house on. Uh, and I went next door to ask him for the for that you know other half. Had I not done that, that whole deal never would have happened. That realtor never would have changed his life. The ministry would have never been going on where it was going on. I mean, just all these things from one connection. It's crazy, right? So, Greg, so where do you think all of these connections come from? Because I just landed, you know, in a real estate development company. Um, well, they have a real estate development company is like an arm from like the, 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 the company. The company is called AF Clusters, right? So they're like a cluster of companies. And one of their companies is real estate development, which is something that I've wanted to do. You know, I put it in my vision board like two years and a half ago. I didn't even know why. Um, I don't even know. I don't even know why I picked real estate development, right? Um, and then two years and a half later, you know, I connected, I connect with a guy who's owner of this company of companies. And then I land here working in a company, you know, like partnered up, up, up in, a part, in, a, in a company who's going to help me grow and scale my company. My goal is to exit in the next uh, the next couple of years and, um, you know, building a team for them because they believe in like my idea, right, of, of using podcasting as a networking tool to connect with your ideal investors. And they're investing in me. And not only that, you know, I'm, I'm like I'm directly, um, um, you know, participating in the real estate development company. Right. And I don't know anything about real estate development. I literally don't know anything. I have like I have like a couple of weeks here. But what I do know about is connecting, right? And I'm, I knew I do know about networking and connecting with people and talking to people. And I have a really amazing tool that allows me to connect with anyone, you know, like people like you. And uh, they believed in this. And this came through one connection. And I'm like, I'm literally, I've been a little bit overwhelmed for the past couple of weeks because it's like, it's like God had told me like, here, here you go. Everything you've been asking for, come on. And he threw it at me and, and it's like, damn, right? And now I have to <laughs> be able to like manage it, right? So um, where do you think like these connections come from? Or like, you know, all of this? Yeah, that's it. I mean, God puts the right people in, in, you know, together at the right times, but it's up to us to do the right things with it and apply it to the right vehicles because, you know, there's the whole parable of the talents, right? So, you know, where much is given, much is to be expected. So, you know, yeah. he, God is watching what you do with this and what you do after this, you know? So, you know, to me, I've just always believed that these are just God ordained, you know, divine appointments that God just puts people together at the right you know, time for the right reasons. Everybody in my coaching business, same thing. They're all like, man, I've, just, I've been looking for you. And all of a sudden you just popped up, you know, like I've been looking for this solution and you just popped up and you came into my life and, you know, I'm able to solve problems with people like instantly and quickly. Like everybody will tell you, you see on my website, everybody tells you one phone call. They have one phone call with me and it transforms their entire life and their business. And it all goes back to that one connection, that one idea, one conversation. And it's it's just the way it works. But we have to do our own part. We have to educate ourselves. We have to take action. We have to ask the right questions. We have to be open to you know ideas and direction and coaching and those types of things. And then you got to take that information and put it to work at the right things at the right time. And you know sometimes things go well and sometimes they don't. And, you know, it's all how you what you do with it and how you react to it and then how you use it for the greater good to impact the world. 
And, you know, to me, that's where I've always found it. It was very distinctly at a time in my life where I read a series of books when I decided, you know what, I'm going to buy in, I'm going to believe this, and I'm just going to let let God take care of all this, right? Contrary to you, I always wanted to be a builder developer. You know, as a little kid, I played with Erector sets and Lincoln Logs, and I was always building stuff. I always wanted to be a builder and a developer. And, um, you know, that's just what I wanted to be. And, you know, we are creators. God created us to create. We all create, no matter what you do, you're creating every single day. You know, when we wake up, we are creating something that wasn't there the day before, as soon as you wake up. So for me, that that manifests out into the, the world of real estate development and in companies. I love building companies. I love building, you know, real estate and properties. But, you know, at the end of the day, you know what I'm really building? People. What? And relationships. People. People. Yeah. It's all about it's all about relationships and what you're doing is you're really, you're building relationships, you're building people. And that's what I did in all my companies is I developed people, I developed relationships, I developed partners, and I was a leader, delegator, motivator. I mean, those are the three keys, you know, in any of that that. business, you know, in order to achieve anything of greatness, you've got to be one, you know, those three things. And, you know, that's what's really cool about real estate development because it's visionary, it's creative, you're leading teams, you're bringing people together and you're, you know, you're leading you know, delegating and motivating to an end and creating something that just wasn't there the day before. And, you know, that's that's to me is what's so fun and exciting about it. So whether it's a company or a business or just people, I just love building and developing. But at the end of the day, it's all about relationships. I mean, that's the most important thing. And that's where it all comes from. Building people, building networks and systems, right? So that you're able to, de- to delegate well, <laughs> right? So, um, what type of real estate developments? I know that you've done, you know, a ton of different types of real estate developments, uh, you know, land developments, and you develop a bunch of different types of uh, properties and projects. But what is the one like that, that would be your favorite or the one that you like to focus on? So for me, I like making old buildings new. So I started out in remodeling and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I love taking old buildings, old houses and restoring them. And it's just being, you know, it's so creative. You know, new development's fun and that's creative as well. And it's, it's ground up. You know, but there's something about taking old buildings and just making them new and bringing the life back into them, you know, that that's just really kind of always been something that I've, I've enjoyed that I've been really passionate about when it comes to you know new construction or land development. I, I get my I get my fill from being creative in the sense of maximizing the property. So maximizing the value, the density, that first oceanfront hotel, my neighbor said, don't try to do any more than eight bedrooms. You can't get it done. They won't pass it. So I figured out how to get 12 bedrooms done. I was very creative with that. They were the three biggest houses ever built at that time in that area. Then I went and did a 16 bedroom. That was the biggest house, still is in that town. Those are the four biggest houses ever built. And then the town shut it down after that. Uh, so, you know, what I enjoy about being a real estate developer is being, you know, creative with the property, how to fit things in, drive the value, maximize the density, you know, in a way that fits, that's appropriate, that looks good, you know, without like, you know, standing out. So I was always really good at that kind of stuff. And that kind of came from, I think, that whole creative bent that I have. I was a musician as well growing up. And, you know, I just, I'm just a creative soul. And, uh, you know, that's what I really enjoy about it. But that's, that's my favorite. My favorite is restoring old buildings. Cool. And, uh, and you always use all of like your own money. You've never, have you ever, I mean, I, you, you've raised capital, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, over the years, especially with businesses and stuff like that and partnerships. Yeah. But initially, it was just me, myself. I would, you know, I use the cash flow for my businesses to invest. 
and you know compound and grow from there. And then you know I'd, after you know I'd, after that it leverage into partnerships and things like that. So. Do, do, do you recommend to like use your money when when you get started, or do you recommend to like use other people's money and and use as much leverage as you can as you can from the beginning? You know, it depends on the individual. You know, I just didn't know any different when I was first learning and doing things. I didn't know how to raise capital. I didn't know that you know I just was using my cash flow, uh, you know, to to build the properties and reinvest and compound the cash. So that was just my strategy back then. And then when I learned how to you know do the partnerships and leverage. You know, then I did bigger deals with partners and with investor capital. So, you know, it's really up to the individual. The key is, you know, knowing how to do it, knowing how to do it the right way. And if you want to do bigger deals, you have to raise the capital. You have to bring other people and components together to do the bigger deals. A lot of times it can make some sense and sometimes it doesn't make sense. But, you know, for me, that's just the track I was on because I just didn't know any different. But if I could do it all over again, I would have raised capital and done bigger deals right out of the gate way faster. Mm, yeah. Go bigger, faster, right? Bigger yeah. is better. Because, uh, you know, I've been on a, on a couple of podcasts and conversations with very experienced individuals. And, you know, this is one of the themes that comes up repeatedly, you know, to go bigger faster. Like as soon as you can go, uh, as soon as you have an opportunity to go bigger, do it. Right. Because like there's really there's really no downside to going bigger. Right. Right. But um, that's not for everybody. And you don't have to do that. So, you mm. know, I teach people how to raise capital. I teach people how to raise, you know, 100 million dollars in a year. So, you know, that's that's one of the things that I do. And I've got people all around the world doing it. And I also have people that don't want to do that. They just want to use their own money. They just want to do their own thing. They don't want to be responsible for other people's money. So that's a big responsibility where much is given, much is required. And you're going to be held doubly accountable, you know, for that. So, you know, not everybody wants to grow and scale. Not everybody wants to, you know, go super big, you know, and that's okay because, you know, we're all different. We all have our different passions, our different bents. We're, you know, we all have our different business models and things like that. So you got to figure out what's right for you, what you want to do, and then go after that. Awesome. So, you know, for any modern king or modern queen out there, you've got to figure out what you want and, you know, feel good with it, feel, feel, feel enough, and then just embrace it. Right. In my case, Greg, uh, for some reason, I want to go. Uh, I want to go really big, right? And I asked for. I asked for going big, and it's you know it's being given. So like an example, um, one of the things that I wanted to do. I was exposed to a couple of masterminds uh, from in the past two three years, ever since my daughter was born. Um, and they these masterminds like Gary J. White, you know, Wake Up Warrior, and then the King's Council, and um, another like the Lions Den, right? And basically, this mastermind, what they teach is how to become a better man, right? And they talk about family, fitness, focus, finance, the the, the five pillars, right? The same message, different messenger. And I was I was I was exposed to these kinds of masterminds very early on, like at, when I was 18, and that's what you know, like inspired me to come up with the modern kings and queens movement. And I realized that, like, what these masterminds, you know, they were in the business of building men, right, into better men, and then helping them grow and scale their businesses, and then. From very early on, I decided that I wanted to uh, lead the Modern Kings movement and build men, right? Lead a movement in which I was able to build men and help them start, grow, and scale businesses, right? So I wanted, to, I wanted to, I wanted two, two frameworks: a framework to build men, which I already have right now, um, and then I wanted a framework to build businesses, which I stumbled upon. Uh, you know, I literally came to this company and then they gave it to me. Right, because in order for them to invest in my company, I have I have to structure my company in a certain way and have an organization in charge with the CEO and uh, with an admin department, HR, sales and marketing and operations and all of that. So, you know, building a legit company. So I was literally taught 
this in the past couple of weeks. So like that tool that I was looking for, I, I wanted a tool, a framework to build man, and I wanted a tool to build businesses. And I literally, it was like, it's crazy, Greg. Like it was like, here, take it, right? So that happened. And then everything is like aligned and I do want to go big. So the reason I'm telling you this is because, you know, if you were me, um, you know, you were 23 years old, you had all of this piling up, <laughs> feeling not good enough, right? Uh, a little bit scared, maybe. Like, what would you do, Greg? You know, and, and, and taking into consideration that you do want to go big. And then for anyone out there listening who wants to go big, what advice would you give that type of person? Do it. You know, don't just do it, and it. especially yeah. when you're young, because you can, the younger you are, the bigger you can go, because the bigger you can fail and pick right back up and keep going. So you need to think from the standpoint of you can't fail. What would you do if you knew 100% for sure that you weren't going to fail? So, you know, at this point in your life, there should be nothing stopping you for going after the biggest deals you could possibly do, the biggest things you want to do, and you need to believe that you can do it. And, you know, but the key is education. You got to educate yourself and you got to know you know, what it is you want to do. That's the first thing. Figure out what it is you want to do. And, you know, just do what I did. I knew what I wanted to do and I went after it and I went big and I did all of those things very quick, starting with absolutely nothing, no money, no connections, no mentors, no other entrepreneurs. And I built a, you know, little company from nothing. You know, I did 250,000 in sales my first year, did 30 million the seventh year. And I built a company, I had 20 employees. I had a CEO underneath me. Uh, well, I was a CEO. I had, you know, but I had a president, vice president, a CFO, you know, I had 20 employees full time managing my businesses. I had several other companies. I had people all running those, you know, and I developed myself into that leader, delegator, motivator. I educated myself. I poured into myself and I developed my people. So how did I do that? Books, training. I wasn't sitting in front of TV. I wasn't listening to music. I've never had one song on an iPod. So for me, it goes back to cassettes, little Sony Walkman cassettes, then yeah. the CD players. And then I had the 80 gig iPod that... Um, you know, I'm going to show you right here, you know, I'm going to date myself, but uh, so for anybody watching, you know, I don't know if you remember this device, but this is my 80 gig iPod. I still have it today. There's not one song on here. It's all audiobooks, business, personal development, professional development, faith development, all of that. So you have to pour into yourself and then you have to pour into your people. I've spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on my education, not college, beyond college. So I didn't go to college, but I'm very self-educated. And I brought consultants in all the time in my company on you know, relationship skills, on business management, on you know, technical aspects of the construction industry, you know, all those different things. And then I hired professionals that taught me. My CFO, I paid 200 grand a year. He taught me how to read financials and how to you know, deal with banks and how to raise money and do all those things. You know, all my employees that work for me uh, you know, I didn't know how to build houses. I went and hired the best people I could find in the area that were building the types of houses I wanted to build. And I recruited them to come work for me. And they taught me how to, how to build those houses. I had no idea. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you have to develop yourself first and foremost. You have to cast that big vision. You have to believe in it. And then you got to take action. So educate yourself, apply that education to the right things at the right time and take the right kind of actions every single day you know, in order to reach those goals and then surround yourself with people who are better and smarter than you and let them do their thing and check your ego at the door. That That is the number one thing that kills most people in their opportunities. They let their ego get in the way where they don't want to humble themselves and learn from their people and let their people do, do things. And, you know, I'll give you an example. When I was running my company, we would build a uh, Habitat for Humanity house every single year for a family. We'd come in and frame it from the ground up. Mm -hmm. And 
I was the laborer on those jobs. I didn't know how to frame. I didn't know how to build a house. I'm the CEO of the company. We're doing this. We're paying for it. We're building this thing. And I would come out and I would, all right, guys, what do you want me to do? I'm your laborer. I'll do, you know, and I toted lumber and swept but up you, all day long. You're the, the boss, right? Like you're the boss and you're, yeah. you know, like servicing them basically. And that's the key right there. So most companies, the traditional world of corporate America was a top-down pyramid, right? You had the CEO uh -huh. up here, then you had all the other C-level employees and the executive vice yeah. president, and da, 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 right? I was very fortunate. I learned very early on that pyramid's actually upside down. It's it's leadership from the bottom up. It's the upside-down pyramid. The CEO is at the bottom of the organization serving everybody up. So I had to give everybody everything they needed in that organization to be successful. Tools, training, systems, and support. But more importantly, clear direction and no uncertain terms, exactly what's expected and when. So they relied on me to provide them what they needed to be successful so that we could then provide all of our subcontractors and vendors what they needed to be successful so that we could in turn supply our customers and our clients with what they needed to be successful to reach their goals. And then that way we could pour out into our community and support all of our community and what they needed. So it all starts at the with the leader at the bottom serving up in that organization making sure that everybody has what they need to be successful. So that's the key right there. Great insights. Thank you very much for that insights because, you know, that's a role that I'm stepping to in, into. And, um, you know, just to like summarize, what would be, what, what do you think would be the number one or maybe one to three um, most important things of a CEO of a company? Like that a CEO has to do. So know your limitations, know your weaknesses, and know your strengths. Where CEOs mess up is they want to try to do everything. A CEO is the visionary, is the leader. Your job is to fill in the gaps and surround yourself with the people and the pieces and the systems and the tools to do the things that you can't do better, faster, smarter than you ever could. Understand where those are. Understand what it is that your sweet spot is, what you're good at, and then you go do that. You know, so for you... You're an influencer, right? So you need to be out there in front, you know, making the connections, bringing in the capital, bringing in the investors, all that kind of stuff. Then fill in the pieces of the technical components of the things that you want to do that you don't know how to do. You want to go build a skyscraper where well, you're not going to do that, you know, like Donald no. Trump doesn't know how to build a building. He found the best architects in the world and engineers and contractors. What he was good at was arranging the financing and bringing the investors and, you know, tying up the property and finding the right sites. So you find out what your gifts are. Why, why did God create you? What's coming to you easy? You know, what's easy for you? That's what you need to be focused on. Everything else you delegate out, you hire out, you outsource. Yeah. So I don't, I don't understand why it's so hard. Like I'm a, I'm a builder of people and networks. Like I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a natural coach. So like literally what I do all, all day with my people is coach them. That's what I do, right? I coach them across all areas of their lives. I um, mean, that's the value that I bring. And I literally don't do how to do anything else other than that and networking, right? Um, and I'm starting to realize that the journey of an entrepreneur is like you start entrepreneurship because you want what? Freedom, right? And you start your business and you have no freedom, you have no time, but, and you have 100% of the control and responsibility. And then as you go up, right, and you start being successful, getting sales, hiring more people, you start having more freedom, but you start losing control. And, uh, you know, I'm in, a, I'm in a position in which I have to accept that. I have to accept that I, you know, I can, I'm going to have a lot of time to focus on developing in the areas that I want to focus on developing and like what I'm good at. And I'm going to have the ability to, and I'm not going to, and I'm going to need to like delegate all the control to people. And I don't understand why like people have problem with that. Do you, 
you you get what I'm saying? Like I don't. Yeah, like. There's yeah, like, some I'm gonna have to hire a lot of people. Of, you know, control. Number one, we don't have control of anything, right? God's in control. We don't control a thing. So that's number one. You got to realize you don't control anything, and you never will. So once you understand that, then you need to understand that, you know, you're dealing with people. So you're dealing with every business is in dealing is dealing with imperfect products in an imperfect world with imperfect people expecting perfect results. Okay. So number one, you need to change your framework of what your expectation is. And you need to understand that people are going to do things differently. As long as you get the end result and get to the goal line in the most efficient, profitable way possible, then none of it really matters. And you got to find the right people, put them in the right position and let them make mistakes. Let them do what you brought them on to do. You know, and my philosophy in business has always been, how do you make the most amount of profit in the least amount of time, with the least amount of energy and effort possible, right? That's every business's goal. You want to be as efficient as, po as possible and profitable at the same time. So in order to do that, you have to have the right people in the right roles, and then you got to let them do their thing. And you have to understand first and foremost, you, you know, you don't know what you don't know. And the most expensive thing in business is thinking you know something, thinking something to be true when it's not. So you need to understand there's other people that are going to do things different. They're going to make mistakes. As long as you minimize that, you know, you got to let them flourish and let them do their thing or it just won't grow. And you just need to understand they're not going to do it the way you're going to do it. Like, you know, every great founder, Elon Musk, Steve Jobs, you know, uh, Bill Gates, you know, they were difficult and they are difficult to deal with because of that reason, right? They're perfectionists, they're the visionaries, you know, they, but they can't do everything. So you have to understand that, you know, it's not going to be perfect all the time with all the different layers, but it's going to get to the end goal in the best, most efficient, profitable way possible. So that's the key. As long as you start out with that in mind and understand not everybody's going to do everything the way you are, but they're going to do it well and they're going to get to the end goal. That's what you have to, you know, realize and recognize. And then there's people that, you know, can't do that. So they end up owner operators and that's what they do. And that's, that's fine. You know, if somebody mm -hmm. wants to be that way, it's not for everybody. Mm -hmm. Awesome. So, well, Greg, you know, we have a couple of minutes. I want to make sure we um, stay within the time and, you know, to respect your time and everything. And I like to end my interviews with five questions. So um, the first one is actually, you know, related to what you just said. What is something that, you know, you thought was true that wasn't? You know, you, you know, one of the one of the most expensive expensive things in business is thinking that something is true when it isn't. So that's that's actually the first question. What is something you know in your career that you know you spent years um, thinking that it was true that wasn't? You know, um, I, I I never really had that problem. You know, where I you know thought something true that wasn't. You know, the biggest thing I guess for me was understanding that. No matter how far I went, no matter how far you go, you realize you don't know anything. Like even today, I'm a lifelong learner. I'm learning mm -hmm. all day, every day, absorbing. And what's incredible is at the end of each day, I'm like, man, I don't know anything. I, I don't know anything. So that's the biggest thing is that I've always been fortunate enough to just realize I don't know a thing, you know, and I want to learn as much as I can about the things that I'm doing. It's just a big world out there. And there's just so much you don't know. It's 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 incredible. Cool. Thank you for that. Um, so. What is a mindset shift or an empowering belief that you should have? Maybe not should, but that if you have, could help you as a real estate developer. Uh, you know, there's nothing you can't do. So that that's the biggest thing. So at your age, there's nothing you can't do. You can go pull off if you've got the right connections, the right education, the right people surrounding you. You can go pull off whatever you want to pull off, any size project. There's nothing you can't do 
if you educate yourself and surround yourself with the right resources to pull it off. That's like a that that that's a fact, right? That it makes me feel like, you know, like happy, like excited, but at the same time, it's like it's like whenever you see someone have success, right? You can feel you know one of three ways. You can either um, you know, feel resentful and feel envy because, you know, you're like, you know, in a lower level of consciousness or you could, you know, get scared because you know that you have the same potential and you're not doing what he's doing or you can get inspired. Right. So, you know, like knowing that fact gives me all of those three feelings at the same time. And it's cool. Right. Well, you know um, what scares me? I'm only what? afraid of one thing. And that is standing before God one day. And he said, I gave you all these gifts and you didn't use them. That's what you need to be afraid of. Damn, yeah. That yeah, will inspire. That be... You know, if God has given you gifts, you better get out there and put them to work because, you know, you don't want to be standing before him one day and he's going, man, I gave you this gift and you didn't use it. Damn, and how do you know? How do, how do you know if you're using them well? Like, is it just like if, if it's coming from your heart and you're just like giving it all or, or how do you know? So, you know, you know what you're good at. You know what your giftings are. And you know what you you innately know the things that you should be doing. And if you're not doing the things that you should be doing and you're doing other things, you're not using your gifts. You know, mm -hmm. so whatever comes easy, whatever's just literally falling in your lap and coming easy, those are your giftings. Whatever you have to work hard at, that's not what you're supposed to be doing. Like you feel like you're pounding your head against the wall, you know, and I'm not talking about challenges and things like that. I'm just talking about there's things that you just innately do well. Those are your giftings. So your job is to build on those, develop those, employ those, and use them to your fullest ability. You know, because you were put on this earth for a reason. And the reason you were put on this earth is to make things happen so that you can impact and help other people. So that that butterfly effect happens. That's why you were put on this earth. It wasn't to get rich and build big buildings and do all these things. It was to yeah. do those things so that you can impact the world around you and, and it continues to go on without you. Growth and contribution. I love that. Um, so third question is, you know, building relationships and networking is key to be successful in as a real estate investor and the real estate investing game, capital raising, finding deals and all of that. So um, what networking strategy or advice can you give on that? So for me, I was never afraid to pick up the phone and being young is an advantage. A lot of people think it's a disadvantage. It's an advantage. So I would pick up the phone to anybody I wanted to meet and say, hey, this is Greg Dickerson. Um, I really admire what you've done. Uh, I wanna be where you are. Would you let me buy you dinner, buy you lunch, buy you coffee? I wanna learn how you got where you were. I wanna learn how to do what you've done. You know, yeah. So that's what I would do. I would pick up the phone and call. I don't send an email, I pick up the phone and call. It's a little harder these days, but you'd be surprised who will answer the phone and who will take you up on that. As long as you, hey, I'm a seeker of wisdom. I love what you're doing. I wanna be where you are. I wanna learn how to do what you've done. You know, can can I come see you? Whatever's convenient, lunch, dinner, breakfast, I'll buy you whatever you want. Actually, Greg, um, so about four years ago, you know, I was I was an insurance agent and I was selling insurance and I had an appointment, right, to go and have a meeting with a with a family and you know, possibly help them with an insurance policy. And they ghosted me, so they didn't come and I had drove in like an hour and a half to to their house. And I was like, damn, I just I just wasted an hour and a half, they're not gonna come. So what do I do, right? And I, I've, you know, I've always been really clear about my goals. And I was like, hmm, well, you know, I want to end up in real estate, so might as well start learning about it right now. So I got on my phone and Googled real estate firms near me, right? And then there were a bunch of real estate firms, and then there was one that really resonated with me, right? Because he was the, the guy was Hispanic. I'm Hispanic. I just learned how to read, how to speak English like three years ago. 
Um, and you know, he it resonated with me. And I just like clicked on his website, got his uh, address, went to his uh, to his office that was like five minutes away, and you know, asked for his number. I was like, I'm here to come and have a meeting with Jesse, right? And um, uh, and I was like, eight, I was like seven, I was like 18. And long story short, he became my mentor, and he was the guy that introduced me into this, um, you know, like modern king, you know, world in which you know. Uh, I believe that we are created to like have it all, right? And he was the one that introduced me. So he he didn't teach me like a lot, not a lot about real estate, but he introduced me to this world that I'm in. So um, by doing that, that you're telling me, right? So yeah, I totally agree with that. Um, so the next question is, what is a successful strategy to raise capital that you you know that you know of? So uh, first and foremost, it's a contact sport. So you know, you have to make contacts. You have to know people. You need a system. So you have to have somewhere for people to go once you've made those connections, made those contacts and bring them. It's a funnel, right? So it's a numbers game. So you need to think about, you know, how much capital are you looking to raise? How many people is that going to take based on the amount of money that, you know, each of those investors can invest? Do you have people investing 100,000, 500,000? What is your investor profile? How many of those do you need to get to your goal? And then you then it's a funnel and there's ways to reach them. And the ways to reach them are number one, like you're doing, you know, you want to do one to many. So get yourself on other podcasts and tell your story. Talk about what you're doing, what you're raising capital for and how people can connect with you. Uh, the other is speak at events. Get yourself booked to speak at events to talk about, you know, tell your story, talk about what you're doing, what you're looking for. Um, you know, you can attend networking events and stuff like that, but that's slow. That's one on one. You want to be one to many. And then, of course, there are traditional ways of, you know, promoting your offerings and your deals and, you know, running ads and things like that. But you got to have a funnel. You got to have somewhere for them to go, an investor management portal for the people to land in so you can, you know, uh, you know, sort them and know what the investable capital is you have available and then send your deal out and do all that. So there's a lot of different investor portals out there. Uh, you need a CRM at least, you know, just some sort of a sales CRM to keep track of all those as they come in. But the one to many is the best way to go. So that's podcasts, events, um, you know, running ads, you know, promoting what you're doing, things like that. That's that's the fastest way to raise capital. And then, of course, there's the one on one. So everywhere you go, you need to let people know the opportunity that you have for them to participate with you, but not mm -hmm. dominating the conversations. Hey, Alex, my name's Greg. You know, good to meet you. We're at a networking event. You know, Alex, you're going to be like, what do you do? Oh, you know, I, I buy, uh, you know, 200 unit apartment buildings in the Midwest, typically 30, 40 million dollars. I have investors that come alongside with, you know, with me on those deals. They get above average returns. But, you know, what do you do? Tell me about you. And you put it back on them. Exactly. So yeah. Everywhere you go, you know, have that story ready of what it is that you do and the opportunity you have for somebody. But you're not pitching them. You're not trying to, you know, unload on them. You're just kind of saying, yeah, this is what I do. You know, I'm a developer. I build buildings. We have investors. They make great money. But tell me about yourself. What do you do? You know, and then have a follow up later. So if you're doing the one on one thing, you got to do, you know, be very deliberate about it and just don't unload on them, you know, and uh, try to figure out a way how you can serve everybody. Because, you know, again, if you're if you're thinking from the bottom up service standpoint and you're, and you're serving everybody in terms of what they're doing, bringing your value to these podcasts, to these events, things like that, you know, then people are going to want to join you. They're going to want to come alongside you. But you have to also make sure that you know what you're doing. You present yourself as an expert. You know your industry. You know your business so that they can trust you. They have to know, like, and trust you, you know, that their money is going to be safe with you. So you need to make sure you know what you're doing. And then you need to be, you know, consistent and congruent across all platforms so that your business information is the same across all platforms. Your images are the same. 
you know, all of that. So that when people look you up, wherever they look you up across social media, they see the same message, the same everything. So if you're into 10 different things and they look, they're going to be like, this guy's scattered. You know, you need to be the one thing that you're the expert at and that's what you do. And that's where people will trust you. I like that. Um, and talking about, you know, one to many, I actually just invested in a, in a, uh, speaking mastermind, the top eight speaker mastermind a couple of months ago. And I, I got a really amazing insight that I want to share with you and that I want to share with the audience. Uh, and it's basically, so, you know, I, I dropped like 10 grand to be part of the mastermind, right? Uh, on, so it was a three day mastermind, you know, and on the first day I was like, oh yeah, I'm meant to do this. I'm meant to stand on stages and speak to many people. So here it is coach. Like, like, I, like there's nothing that you need to tell me. Like I know what I want. Um, but basically, um, Greg, what I wanted to, the, the lesson that I got from it is that, you know, I ended the mastermind, right? The three day mastermind. I went home with a couple of action items and three weeks later, I threw an event. I threw an event for a hundred people. Um, you know, we gave, uh, we gave breakfast, dinner, I mean, breakfast and lunch. And it was a one day event in, in, in person. It was local and it was a majestic fail <laughs> because it was, it was for 100 people and like 70 people went, um, Right. So I spent a lot of money and, 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 um, and, you know, I didn't get the results that I wanted, but what counted was that I did it right. And then it's been like four months since I joined the mastermind. It's been about five months since I joined the mastermind and about three other people joined as well to that mastermind and nobody else has thrown an event. Right. So it's, and so the, the lesson that I learned is that like you are already a speaker or you are already whatever it is that you want to be. And you just have to believe it and take action. That's like the lesson, right? Because um, two of the three days for that mastermind, what the, the what the speaker, the coach did was literally, all he was trying to do was make us believe that we were already public speakers, right? And, you know, I, I believe that, I you know, I got out of the mastermind believing, oh, like I got it, right? Like the lesson that he's trying to teach us is that we are already speakers. So we can go and speak, right? And um, I came out believing that I was a speaker, that I was a, uh, a speaker and, and, and I just did it. So that was one of one, you know, like a quick story that I wanted to share. And the yeah, last question, Greg, next event, go ahead. The next event. Oh, so I did two, both of them failed. So I'm like, I'm like regrouping. Um, and you know, and, and the reason why they failed, oh, by the way, that failure, you know, brought me to, um, to realize the reason that I was failing. And the reason that I was failing is was it was because I was scattered, right? So I was trying to help everyone. And now that I've, that I've niched down, into a very specific industry, into a very specific type of person, you know, like I'm growing faster than ever before. But the reason was because since I wanted to help everyone, you know, and I had a message that was, that was supposed to talk to everyone, I, was, I wasn't talking to anyone. So uh, that was what, um, what failed. And that was the reason why it didn't work. And thanks to that, those two failures, I was able to finally realize um, because people would come up to me and I was like, and they were like, I saw you on the billboards because I, I, I invest, I went all in, right? I put billboards all over the, the town and everything. And then people would come up to me and they would like, I saw you on the billboards and it looked really good, but I didn't, I didn't scan the bar, the, the code because I, I, I was confused. Like I didn't know what it was about. So, right. And that happened like 50 times. Like people saw my billboards, people saw the message, but it didn't resonate with them. Right. Because it wasn't directed to someone specifically it was directed to everyone. So it wasn't strong enough to make people stop on their tracks and, and, and leave whatever it is that, that, that they were doing to get them to like scan the code, right? So now that I have the lesson, I'm like regrouping myself and the next event will probably be in a couple of months. 
Yeah, yeah. And that's the key. Remember I said the right knowledge doesn't ma doesn't mean a thing if you don't apply it to the right things at the right time and have the right people around you. So you can have all the knowledge in the world, but if you're all over the place, it doesn't do you any good. And, you know, I see that a lot. That's an entrepreneurial thing. Entrepreneurs are kind of, you know, everywhere. And, you know, that's the key. You got to get that message dialed in. What's the one thing you're going to focus on? Who's the one, you know, who's the people you're going to serve and, you know, get after, get after it that way. But all of the great speakers, if that's what you want to do, and you go back and look at them like a Tony Robbins, a Grant Cardone, although they'll all tell you of their epic fails when they first started out, every one of them. They travel yeah. around the country. They might have 10 people in the room. They might have 20 and nobody signed up. Nobody bought their stuff. But you know what? They kept going. They kept getting better. Those are the things that it takes to make you better. And I went through exactly. the same thing when I first started out, man. I had a lot of, you know, projects that failed. I lost money, didn't estimate correctly, you know that's how you learn. That's how you get better. And that's how you move forward. But the key is you got to keep going, keep doing it. And you need to understand when the wrong thing, you know, when, when it's time to like change completely, because you can keep doing the wrong things and you don't get any better, you know? So you got to understand when it's time to move on from something, because that's another fine line. Like, you know, as an entrepreneur, as a, as a, you know, a king, you don't want to quit, right? You don't want to give up. You want to keep going, keep going, but you can keep going at the wrong things. And, you know, at a point, you got to realize if something is not working, you need to understand that. And you need to, you know, sometimes let go of that and move on like a business or whatever, you know, and I've had those. I've had businesses that didn't work and you just cut them loose quick and you move on to the next one, yeah. you know, and understand what's working and what's not. Another important insight is that I already knew that information because of all the books and courses that I had taken about marketing, right? Having one message, one avatar and, and being really clear about who you were talking to in your message. Like I already knew that information um, here in my mind. Um, like, like uh, intellectually, but throwing the events helped me internalize it emotionally, right? And I finally understood. So that's another insight, right? Like I yeah. knew the information, but for some reason I, I just couldn't see, like I was blind. Um, and the last question, Greg, is knowing what you know now, what piece of advice would you give yourself, would you give yourself at the beginning of your real estate development journey to have faster, easier and smoother success? Yeah. So knowing what I know now, you know, start big, you know, get out there, raise capital, start big because I had the knowledge. I had the team. I had the skills. I just didn't know that aspect. And, um, you know, probably wasn't comfortable doing that either. So I would tell myself, look, there's nothing you can't do. Get out there, go big and make it happen. Awesome, Greg. Thank you very much. Um, you know, we've come to the end. And um, for anyone out there listening who resonated with you, just like I did and who thought that everything that you said was super successful and maybe they want to get their hand their hands on your uh, on all of your courses that you that you have on your podcast that you have with over 1000 um episodes going over your journey um you know if people want to find these things again can you tell us you know your website and where is it what would be the best place to find you yeah gregdickerson.com that's where everything is i've got a youtube channel podcast uh you know courses coaching all that stuff gregdickerson.com awesome greg well Thank you very much for, for your time. Thank you very much for being here. I really appreciate it. I enjoyed it. And I'll see you soon. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to the Modern Real Estate Investor Podcast. We want you to know that we love and appreciate you. And we are super grateful about being part of your journey of becoming a successful real estate entrepreneur and having it all. Please share this episode with a friend who you think will be impacted positively. 
Send it to someone who you know is interested in real estate and dreams of having it all and being the best they can be across all areas. And if you thought this episode was really valuable, share it on your social media as a post or a story. We have a special gift for all of those who contribute to the modern kings and queens movement. So for those of you who decided to share this episode and help us spread our message, send me a message letting me know on any social media platform at Alex Ramirez, the modern king. I have a special surprise for you. Thank you for watching and I'll see you later.